0: Welcome back to the Recalibrate Podcast. I'm JC.
1: And I'm Sasha. Join us each week as we have honest conversations to normalize the human experience and help you feel less alone. Yeah, you, that's right. It's a rough world out there.
0: (laughs) We share different ways to connect with yourself and interview heart guests to expand your belief of what's possible.
1: We're the best friends you didn't know you needed. And we love you just the way you are. Without further
0: ado, let's laugh, cry, ruminate, and explore all of the things that you think about but haven't heard said
1: out loud. Let's get into it. JC and I are recording live. We are sitting on my couch and we are so excited that you are listening today. Mm, I'm happy that we're together. Me too. (laughs) It feels good. We are finally back together after so long and I ran up to you and I gave you a huge squeeze. I think I scared the living daylight. You did. (laughs) We crossed
0: over at the studio and I didn't think I was going to see you on Thursday. But yeah, Sasha and I have spent the day together today and we're co-creating and sharing our hopes and dreams and visions for Recalibrate, which has been fun. We were at the cafe for three or four hours, and it's a Saturday, and I just sat there for a second, and I was like, "Wow, this is so cool that we love something so much to just spend our whole Saturday thinking about it and dreaming about it and believing in it." And I just took a moment and sat back because we were getting all in our corporate logistics, Google Sheets, we were just all up in it, and then we just sat back
1: and we're like, "This is so cool. This oh. is so exciting." Uh, no, I totally agree with you. Like, it's so interesting switching it on and off. Do you? have different modes of yourself that just switch on and off and Mm -hmm. how conscious of those modes are you do you realize hey i'm gonna switch off the corporate or i'm gonna switch it on or i need to switch on
0: gratitude mode (laughs) yeah and teaching too it's like the second you're in the seat of the teacher
1: are you a different person and are all those versions of you you I mean, I think I used to have such a problem with the fact that I was a gym rat and then I was a corporate girl and then I would go on like 50 first dates back when I was dating (laughs) in the city and then I would have a yoga side and I'm like, does anybody actually know the real me? If I'm showing up as all these different sides of myself, is there anybody in my life that actually really knows all of you, all of me besides me? And am I enough to know me? Obviously, yes. But I think it's really scary. I don't want to speak to anybody else's experience, but for me, it was really scary to be like, yeah, it is enough for me to just know all of myself. Mm. I think so often we want to have someone else know us.
0: Yeah. Why do you think we do that? Why do you think we have to box into these identities? Because it's such a human tendency to want to identify with things and say, I am this person and I do this and I go here and I am X, Y, Z. You want ways to describe yourself and explain because I think it creates belonging. I low-key think we're proud of it.
1: Yeah. I think that it's something to be proud of. It's like up until this point in your life, this is all that you've done You have done enough things to initiate yourself into these buckets. Whatever initiation looks like to you. Maybe you go to the gym every day or you go three to five times a week or you go like twice a week. And now you're like, yes, I'm a gym person. And it's something you're proud of because you've taken enough actions, you've put enough votes in that identity bucket Mm -hmm. to be like, this is something I can define myself by. When you say, hi, I'm Sasha, I'm a digital strategist in the financial technology industry. I went to Berkeley House, I'm a podcast co-host, I'm a yoga teacher. It's low-key, it's my resume, but it's also my little self, here's all the things that I've done.
0: But why do we need to do all those things? Is it like we don't don't feel good enough unless we can say all of those things? Because it's just adding up your accomplishments, basically. How do you introduce yourself without those things? I saw this the other day. It's like, all right, ready? Try to introduce yourself without saying your job, Mm -hmm. any of your accomplishments, Who are you at the essence of your being? Where I'm
1: speaking Mm -hmm. from, right? It changes because that's what's changing. Mm -hmm. I'm not speaking from my frontal lobe. I'm not speaking from my mind. To give you an answer, I'm tapping into my heart. I just took a deep breath into my belly. I just started sitting in my body. Mm -hmm. Ooh, How am I going to answer that? I'm literally answering from a different place. I'm not answering from my cognition. I'm not answering from my memory. I'm trying to answer you from a (laughs) deeper rooted seat in my body. I couldn't tell you where. (laughs) But it's not coming from my mind, which is so cool. I didn't even realize that that would elicit that. But you're like, tell me who you are without all those things. And I just tapped into my body. Wait, let me get grounded. And it's so interesting that you need to get grounded to give that kind of answer. Mm -hmm. For listeners, y'all should take a moment to tap into how do you define yourself without where you work, what you do, like JC said. How do you define yourself and where does that definition come from? Do you have to think about it or is it more of a feeling you tap into? And I said all this before even giving you my, I'm like avoiding this. So let me put my money where my mouth is and do it. Ooh, okay. This is gonna be really cheesy, but it's what's coming to me. I'm a starseed who's still figuring it out. Mm. I'm doing my best. I'm a human that's trying to love with a whole heart, noticing where I get in my own way at doing that. (laughs) And then trying and trying again, trying to be kinder to myself. And trying to love more fully. Yeah, I'm a starseed who is (laughs) figuring it
0: out and trying to love more deeply every day. I've literally never heard anyone use the term starseed
1: before I met you. Where did that term first come to you? Starseed? Oh man, I've gotten really deep in really wacky stuff. When I really get interested in a subject, I just go deep and I go far and I'm like, what can I find out? And then what is interesting is that people nowadays I find get super prescriptive. about like, here's one way that you should be or should not be. And I found that for the most part of my young existence, I would get so attached to what people were telling me, like the one right way of truth. Yes, this is what's going to work for me. Maybe it worked for a short time or maybe it absolutely didn't. And then I would feel so destroyed by the fact that this thing was not working. Mm. The reason I say all of this is now instead of getting really attached to one right way, I like to learn all the ways, dive as deep into them as is calling me, and then pick out the pieces that I like to create my own little definition Mm. of what part of this way of understanding yourself or this tradition what do i like about that and what do i want to keep for my own little definition so i feel like starseed definitely came from one of my studies of some really weird (laughs) stuff i'm like even scared to say it i'm like aliens I made my family go to Joshua Tree because I was like, Mom, I want to go see aliens. And so the family took a trip to our place in Joshua Tree and I made us all stand outside. My mom is into it. My sister's like, I'm kind of scared. I don't want to call in the wrong energy. And my stepdad's just there for the party. Like, we got to <laughs> love this. I love envisioning this. But yeah, so that's how far I get into my studies of random things. Mm-hmm. And Starseed definitely came summer from there.
0: I like that, though, creating your own little Sasha method. I think that's the most important thing, right? I literally started Recalibrate because I was searching for all the answers and consuming so much mm-hmm. content and taking on everyone's prescriptive methodologies on how to live. And I was like, what is the answer? And everyone yeah. is just feeding you. This is the answer. hmm. What I love about what you just said is you just learn a lot about a lot of things. And you're like, what feels good to me? What can I integrate into my life? And that's so exciting and so expansive. And you're like, okay, I'm open to learning about all these things. I have enough trust in myself to check in with what feels good for me. Mm -hmm. I think I just completely threw out any of my own intuition when I was in that process of wanting to feel better and wanting to feel happier. And of course, you want to feel these things, right? That's why you're looking for the answers. And you're like, (laughs) who has the answers? (laughs) but you have the answer and i was joking with sasha this morning about this reoccurring thought that i've been having of something's wrong with me and i feel broken genuinely just on loop i'm like something's wrong something's wrong something's wrong almost to the point where it's creating this dysregulated nervous system because i'm always questioning myself to the point that this morning i literally typed in something is wrong with me meditation and there's answers if for those listening. If you type in on Spotify, you will find <laughs> the meditations. I sat there and I did it and it had a lot to do with parts therapy, which Sasha and I are really interested in. It's called IFS Internal Family Systems and it's a lot about acknowledging these parts of yourself and exploring and not rejecting them.
1: What I love about internal family systems is that it personifies the voices in your head mm. because we all have voices. I think there might have been a stat that says there's a percentage of people that don't have voices in their head, which I'm like, wow, I would love to live a day in your life and understand (laughs) how that goes. But I want to normalize. So for the voices in your head, you personify them. You're like, which character is speaking? And you can create characters for them. And there's no one right or wrong way to do this, right? It's all your intuition. So I have an ice cream. Whenever I act out of anger or out of animosity or jealousy, it's always this ragey side, ice queen side that just wants to be a bitch. Anyways, she's usually protecting someone for me, which is my inner child or the starseed fairy queen, whatever the hell (laughs) it is. You can assign them characters. It's almost like your own little Disney movie in your head. And instead of it all being you that has all these voices in these different conflicting narratives, because if you think about it, you can have a thought one minute that's, wow, I'm so proud of myself. And then oh, I didn't do good enough on this meeting or on this mm. paper, assigning characters to those different thoughts so it doesn't feel as conflicting and contrasting in your own mind. And so I think that that's what's really cool is that it lessens that confusion and that internal dialogue and it lessens the contradictory nature of that internal dialogue because you actually have different characters that you assign it to anyways i think internal family systems is pretty cool i personally like to write down who's speaking and what they're saying because again i'm just really trying to personify them and take them out of my head and into something that's on paper
0: Yeah, knowing these parts are you, but also letting all of them exist Mm -hmm. and understanding where they come from. What you said about having opposing feelings and being confused, I think it's interesting because humans want to... Understand or find alignment in something. And they're like, oh, why do I feel these two separate thoughts about something? How could that be true of I'm proud of myself and also do better? And something comes up and maybe I want this, but I'm scared. And your protective side of you and your independent side of you and your whatever you want to name them. Mm -hmm. So I think internal family systems is interesting because it allows you to understand yourself deeper because you can talk to these parts and see they're not you, but they all create you. Over identifying with any one of them isn't you.
1: Yeah. So, for example, and this is more for the sake of explanation, because I think internal payday systems become super clear when you've worked with it, but it's less clear before. So, for me, I saw that somebody pinged me about a meeting and they were like, Hey, are you going to be at this meeting? And I was like, It's not on my calendar. Then they're like, Oh, never mind. You're good then. (laughs) I was immediately a little flustered or animated at that time because I'm like, wait, there's a meeting that is happening without me that people think that I likely should be at, but I'm not. And it's not Mm -hmm. on my calendar. And so my ego was a little bit hurt. In that moment, I was practicing internal family systems a lot at the time. So I was like, who's being activated? That's a question that you ask yourself when there's a situation that comes up for you. Who's being activated here? Which part or which part of your internal family, right? Right which member of the internal family is feeling a little flustered by what's happening. It's <laughs> so cute to think of your insides as an internal family. Yeah, you've got a whole team in here. Like That is so cute. <laughs> <laughs> but not just you, you got a team inside. Mm. Stacey and Carl, like, you got your team, like an mm. internal family.
0: Like. I was thinking about where does the term internal family, when you first say it, you're like, oh, family. Is it about my family? Is it about my past? Whatever. But
1: it's literally your internal Family Mm. who's there to guide you, protect you. Like, you have the mom that is caring, nurturing you. You have the little child that has needs, Mm. that's scared. You have the father that's protective. Like, you have a family within you. So in the case of this meeting, specifically, I was like, okay, who? which part of the family is not vibing Mm. with not being part (laughs) of this meeting? For me, which family member was feeling particularly activated was the little child Mm. who was like, wait am I not good enough to be part of this meeting? Am I not smart enough? Did they not think that I... You couldn't add value. I couldn't add value to being at this meeting. Then the big sister came in and she was like, no, no, they just know how busy your calendar is. They value and respect your time and they know how busy and how stressed you are. And they also know you're transitioning to a new team. Logically, it doesn't make sense for you to be a part of this meeting. And they're Mm -hmm. likely just have your best interests at heart. And the little girl's like, but am I going to be forgotten? Like, is this team going to forget me? Look, they're already leaving me out. And the big sister is like, no, again, mm-hmm. they are leaving you space to grow into your new team. They want you to grow. And they didn't want to let you go. They just didn't have a head count. And this is for one meeting. You can yeah. see how this could go on for different parts of your life. And it's a super interesting thing, right? Because one meeting that I could treat it as, oh, why was I not invited? And maybe you loop on for the next week of there was that one meeting that I wasn't right. invited to, or you could just work it out and be like, why am I a little bit frustrated that I wasn't invited to this meeting? Have an internal family meeting, figure it out, and then let it go. And then you could laugh about it and be like, I had an internal family council over one meeting that I wasn't invited to. But again, I hope that helps crystallize or contextualize how different parts of yourself talk to each other to maybe add. It's almost like a third-party perspective, right? Instead of getting so looped into, I wasn't invited. It's my little child of the family is feeling left out. The older sister can then offer the reality check of, you probably don't need to be there. And it's instead of me, Sasha, in my body, I'm embodying the mind of the little girl. I personify her and I put her out of my sphere of awareness. I'm almost taking the third party backseat to let this discussion between my family play out. Mm. Like the older sister will talk to the little sister. But by doing that, I have to take on the mindset of the older sister. I have to think through the opposing side. I have to say they're probably considering my bandwidth. They're probably considering the fact that I'm transitioning to a new team and this isn't relevant to me. I have to have both sides of the argument. I have to see both sides of the reality instead of being so divulged into just one of feeling left out.
0: Yeah, it it stops you from following the story. And you brought up a really interesting thing to me today about the stories that we tell ourselves from the book that you're reading.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of Michael Singer. I'm reading Living Untethered. He talks about how in the old days, when TVs were made, they had an afterburn. So if you paused it for too long, then the paused image would etch into the screen, and then it would be there for every single other movie or show that you watched afterwards. So when we take an experience, if we're thinking about ourselves as a big TV screen with pictures running through, pictures being our experiences in life, If one experience, we put too much mental weight on it or get too attached to it, like it was good or bad, that becomes the afterburn. We're paused on that image for too long. And instead of being able to come into and experience life as it unfolds, experience the new parts of the picture, the new movies that are flashing in the TV screen you are still stuck on that paused, burned image in your brain. You're still stuck on that past experience, even though it's not what's in front of you. It's not the movie that's playing, but it's afterburned because you're letting it influence you. It's super easy to say, oh, yeah, just don't get attached to things. It's much harder to not do that. I think internal family systems is a good way to get inquisitive of like, hey, why did I get attached? And then see both sides of the story and then hopefully clear it out rather than hold on to it.
0: Yeah. I think it's helpful just to check yourself of what are the stories that I'm telling myself? What am I trying to confirm? Because I think we get stuck in trying to confirm our own stories. I get stuck in trying to confirm my own story. It was literally with feeling sick and having health shit that is coming up and not feeling good in my own body. Like, oh my God, how many times a day do I literally be like, I don't feel good. I'm never going to feel good. I feel like I'm broken. Something's wrong with me. I'm 25. Everyone's running around and doing these things and like I don't feel good all day. I'm just like looping and looping and looping. And just your brain is looking for ways to confirm your experience. That's why I looked up the meditation thing this morning and it reminded me of internal family systems. I completely forgot about internal family systems until this morning when I was like, okay, bring out that part of you that thinks something's wrong with you, that thinks something's broken, that keeps telling you this story. And thank you. Like, thanks for paying Attention. Thanks for being vigilant, for being on watch. I know you want to feel good. I know you want to feel right, but it's okay. I've got you. We're going to sit here and we're going to breathe through it. And what is you stressing about it going to do anything? You don't feel good right now. Okay. Is you stressing about it going to make it better? Mm -hmm. No. As much as you stress about it, as much as you worry about it, as much as you play over the story in your head, does it change it? Is that working for you?
1: And I hear that there's multiple parties in that situation. It's no longer JC who feels sick. It's the part of her that is feeling sad and feeling sick. And then Mm -hmm. there's also the third part of you that's saying thank you for protecting that Mm -hmm. side or thank you for worrying and wanting us to be okay. There's no longer just you being enveloped in the story. Yeah. It helps you zoom out. Zoom out. Yeah, detachment. Mm -hmm. And as far as like all the identities go, I think it's so okay to be proud of the identities that you have. Proud of the things you've done. It's just, again, can you define yourself without any of those words? How do you define yourself without any of those things? And, you know, I'm still working through this too. But honestly, just inviting in the question, when you're in all of those different spaces that you show up in, for us, for example, it's the yoga space and the corporate space, do we show up as different versions of ourselves? Or is there a common thread? Is there a single J.C. that rings true in every single scenario she shows up in? Mm -hmm. Is there a single thread of Sasha? Is there one part of my being that I feel carries into all these identities? Mm. If not, do you still feel like all the identities and the ways in which you show up are true to you? Because if they feel true, then go forth, Queen. Like, that's amazing. But if you're like, hey, I feel like I'm being a fake ass bitch when I'm at the office, then maybe check in with yourself. Are you in a space that you can't feel authentic? Is this scenario, is this situation good? Can you be a more authentic Mm. version of yourself in this space? Or are you in a space where that's never going to be safe for you or never going to feel comfortable for you? Do you need to change the space and the environment within which you're operating, which is easier said than done? I think... As far as it relates to identities, it's not wrong to have all these identities. We're proud of all the things that we've done. It's just not attaching to any single one and also just reflecting on how you're showing up in them.
0: Yeah. And I think when I was younger, I was such a sponge. I just took on everyone else's identities because I was so insecure. I just wanted other people to love me and I wanted to belong. And I spent so long having these relationships that didn't feel deep because I didn't meet myself deeply. So I think when you're saying, do all these identities feel true to you? You have to know yourself to know if it's true to you. Oh shit, you're right.
1: Saying that, I know what that is like now. I didn't know what that was like two years ago. And when I didn't know myself, I was miserable. I felt so much pressure around other people and in spaces in my life. I remember wanting to have a relationship, to have friends, but always feeling like I was performing when I was with my partner, with my family, with my friends. I think like I was only not performing when I was alone but at the same time I was so scared to be alone because I felt oh shit I'm alone (laughs) and just like how much pressure I used to sob my eyes out if I failed the test I was like I'm smart that's the only thing I identify with is being smart but you identified with other things too like why do we pick certain identities to be heightened in certain experiences yeah like I'm sure you identified with things other than being smart But But then when you were sobbing your eyes, filling out a test, that's the attachment to that identity.
0: Yeah. And what we feel provides us value maybe. Do you get more value from being intelligent than being a good person? Is it more Mm -hmm. tangible to be intelligent than to be a good person? Because you can say, hey, look, mom, I got an A on this test. Hey, look, I did the thing. But you can't say my friend was sad and I brought her flowers to her apartment. Do we need that validation?
1: What came up for me just now is like, if my kid came home and was like, oh, I shared lunch with someone at school who forgot theirs, my answer would be like, yeah, of course you did. That's expected. Like, it's expected that you're a good person, Mm. but I don't know that every single person would share or that there is an expectation. I think we say that we expect people to be good people, but there's a lot of people that are not good people. Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe this whole identity of being intelligent is still something that needs to be sought after Mm. versus good person, humility, kindness. We feel like, oh, yeah, I'm humble. I'm kind. (laughs) We feel like that box is checked, but we don't realize that you actually need to work on those things just as much as you would your intelligence.
0: And also, like, isn't that all there is? Making people feel loved and sharing your love with others. That is all there is. I truly believe that. The more I come back to it, there's always going to be more to learn. Finding who you are, is it coming back to what you value and thinking about what you
1: value? How did you get there? I first got really honest with the fact that I was looking for validation from all of my relationships in life. And I think that the reason this became so transparent was because I was in a really, really toxic relationship. That was such a bad relationship that It was so evident to me of, holy crap, what own beliefs of mine, what needs of mine led me to a situation in which I accepted this level of love. What within me is feeling so down and so low that I was like, yep, this is it. This is good enough for me. If I can play it safe, if I don't step on his buttons, if I don't push the landmines If I avoid what's going to make him angry, I can be safe here as long as I don't pressure test Mm. the environment. And so when I was lucky enough to be further away from this relationship, I was like, whoa, why was I willing to accept that? Why was I willing to be in a partnership where I had to avoid stepping on landmines? I had to worry about my safety. I had to worry about what I said. And I felt that 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 was enough. I would accept that.
0: I forgot that we talked about this and you just reminded me of it with this story. Remember, we were saying, okay, if you only love yourself 10% and someone comes in and they love you 11%, you're like, they love me so much. This is amazing. Because if you love yourself 100% and someone comes and they love you 11%, you'd be yeah. like, what the hell? Get out. banished. Oh, you are not getting in here. I love myself 100%. Yeah. But when you're at those lower places of self-worth, which I've definitely been at, maybe you're at 20, 30, yeah. 40%, and someone comes and they're like 45%, you're like, mm, good enough.
1: Thanks. I'll take it. Might add up to 100 one day. Yeah. <laughs> that's such a good point. Because then at that point, if you love yourself other 100%, you're not going to accept anything less. You're not going to accept less than what you can give yourself.
0: I think that's not realistic, right? To be like, oh, every single day, I'm yeah. just like 100% it's loving. Not. But it's, it's not even loving. It's just like accepting. If you cannot, we expect to love ourselves, but we reject all these parts of ourselves. Yeah, at least I do. I'm like, how do I get to a place of self-love? And then some of these other parts are having resistance, but it's really inviting all those parts in and being like, I see you. I feel like we always come back to this in our conversations because it's how can you create more ease in your body? Because when you feel that safety, then you can release. I did a yoga class yesterday, and he was like, "I'm adding in all these blocks and props, and I'm being really extra Mm -hmm. because that's how you release. And once you feel safe, Mm -hmm. that's how you release. And from that releasing, that's where you have expansion, if you want
1: it, or growth, or just like a deeper level of clarity." Mm -hmm. Again, to like contextualize, what is release? What is getting to know yourself? What Mm. is creating space for yourself? Because if you don't know yourself, what is there to love? Yeah, you can't get to any percentage.
0: Yeah, I think you said to me today, like, how do you get to... Loving yourself. How do you get to loving yourself? When you're getting to know someone, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were talking about this in the coffee shop. Think about when you're meeting a person for the first time, you're dating someone, you're like, I want to get to know all these parts of you so that I can love them. And like, if you don't know all the parts of yourself just like learning them and knowing your little quirks and like I was thinking back to when I was little before felt like I was a spongy person that was trying to take on other people's personalities I was so nerdy I used to sit in my room and just love computer games and love video games. And I played so much Pokemon and like Animal Crossing. I have such an inner little nerdy part of me that loves video games and loves computers and loves trying out all these little softwares and stuff like that. (laughs) And for so long, I'm like, oh my God, that's not cool. But now I'm like, I love that part of me. I think that's so cool. And I love to connect with people that are like that. But there was so many years in high school where I'm like, that's so weird. Growing into it, right? Like in college and after college. And now I'm like, I love that stuff. And I love connecting on that stuff. And like, that's so cute. I think that's what getting to know yourself is. Is meeting yourself and just knowing that's so cool that you love that. That's so cute. That's what gets you excited. I get so excited when like new games come out or new apps or new softwares come out. I love that shit. (laughs) But I think you innately know what you love. And you have things from when you were little. It's that inner child, right? And then at some point along the way, you lose it. What are some things
1: that you <laughs> loved when you were little? Y'all, I thought I was going to be the next My Cyrus. I love to sing. I was a choir kid. I still sing. Yeah, you love to sing. You love to sing. You're literally smiling. Like, I you love look to like sing. I really love to Yeah, the way yeah. you talk about coding, I see you smiling. As the The creative adult is the child who survived. For all the identities, all the hats you wear, how can you just find the one that your little child wanted to wear most and let them wear that? My mom asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, and it was a CEO. She had big dreams yeah. as a kid. I,
0: you want to know what I said? What? Secretary. <laughs> I just loved organizing. And I remember my parents had asked me, I was like, I want to be a secretary. And my dad was like, I'm not raising you to be a secretary. So I just loved organizing, and I loved notebooks and, like, systems, yeah. and I don't know. That's funny. You I said love. CEO and I said secretary. I was like
1: a CEO or a lawyer. I was like a lawyer because I love to read yeah. and a CEO. And I would drop pictures of myself in a boardroom mm. <laughs> making decisions and then going and being Hannah Montana and singing on the side. Like this is where we were going with our dreams, yeah. like boardroom by day. Hannah Montana <laughs> stage by night. I don't know when she was sleeping, but those were the dreams. And it's just also doing things just for fun, just to
0: Why try not? it. Like, we put so much pressure on ourselves for a long time. I was like, productivity and high achieving. And it's, can I just sit for 30 minutes and play this video <laughs> really hard? Yeah, to, it's, just... to just do these things. Imagine what your life would look like if you just made time for the things that truly brought you joy.
1: How do I know what brings me joy? Or honestly, in any decisions. With my job. Everybody's, like, asking me, which, which job do you want? What choice do you want? In my heart of hearts, I kind of know which one I want. Mm. And it makes me feel silly. Like, the real Sasha feels silly Why? wanting that one. But again, I know, deep down. That's such a beautiful thing to know. I'm like, oh, I know. And I'm like, okay, my conscious mind, my ego, whatever is coming out for me, I don't know which part of the internal family is not vibing. I think it's I think it's because I'm worried about becoming a (laughs) secretary. I'm worried about being a secretary like my maybe my internal family father is. No, well, this goes back to what we were saying in the beginning of that one skill is better to acquire than another. If this job is going to help me with this skill, who who says that this function of this job is better? Who says that trying to be more intelligent is better than trying to be a good person or X, Y, Z? Like, why do we have ratings and scales? Can't we just, everything is neutral. Change is not better or worse, Mm. it's just neutral. How can we stop assigning this identity is better than this one? This job is better than this one. This reality is better than this one. This choice is better than this one or worse than this one. How can we stop assigning pluses, minuses, likes, dislikes, Can we just view it as a life unfolding? Mm -hmm. Because if we think about the whole star (laughs) seed situation, all of us are made of the same thing that stars are made of. Created 13 billion years ago, unfolded to be exactly where you are now. Somehow atoms are creating the environment within which we live. Like the buildings around us, the table I'm looking at is all just like particles together in different cacophonies to be a table and light is reflecting in different ways to show color. Mm. I have no idea whether the colors I'm looking at are the same as the colors you're looking at. Like the universe unfolded to create what is in front of us. It is actually miraculous. Your parents met, my parents met, they birthed us in exactly the shape, being, form that we are in. We met somehow. And then we as humans have the audacity to question this higher order. And we're like, oh, but I don't like the picture that's in front of me. And there is so much that had to go exactly perfectly for you to be in exactly the situation you're in. How can you just sit in that for a moment and marvel in it? I think it's so hard because when you are getting to know yourself, yes, you're going to have to say there's power in my likes and dislikes. I have to know what I don't like. Yeah. But at the same time, like if you're thinking a situation is bad for you versus good for you, can you just be like, this is my experience. This is what the world put in front of me and like kind of zoom out. Again, it comes to zooming out. It's not that deep. You know, we assume so many likes and dislikes to things.
0: And also, I'm so worried about making a wrong or right choice. Like I always think, am I making the right choice? Am I making the wrong choice? Is it the right Mm -hmm. choice? Like it's just a choice. I think we think that the universe has this one path for us and any little thing that we do is going to take us off course. But that's not... Is that is that the truth or is that not the truth? Because if there is this one path, you will always stay on this one path. Or maybe there's infinite paths and you can you can never
1: really make the wrong or right choice. What do, what do you think? My first thing that came up was like, we're not smart enough. Who, we're not smart enough to outsmart the universe and be like, haha, I'm going to mess up the path or maybe yeah. a different one. It's, it's like the knowing whether
0: Yeah, I don't have to worry so much about if I'm truly just doing the best I can with the information I have in the moment. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the right choice that's what makes it the right choice
1: that's what so many people are worried about right they're like how do i know whether or not it was the right choice how do i try to look 20 years in the future or six months in the future or two years in the future and be like this was right or wrong well you're always going to know more information in the future and when did you ever have foresight never never hindsight is twenty-twenty, 20, but you never had foresight so how can you just do your best with the information you have now based on how you feel right now the information you feel right now oh, do I feel good? Do I feel bad? What do I feel like is the best possible choice based on the information I have now? Mm. And then in a few months, check in and be like, do I still feel good right now? Do I want to make a different choice? And not being like, oh, I should have made a different choice, but no, I know that I made the best one possible at that time and like now I'm going to make a different choice.
0: Yeah, and knowing impermanence, we attach so much weight to every single decision we make. Like it is going to be written in stone. <laughs> With this job that you're stressing about, just take one of the jobs and if it's not the right job you it's not your job forever yeah It'll, it's your and you have a deeper inner knowing of what you want right now so just do it that's the job you want it's scary it's scary it's really scary it's scary to trust yourself and it's the same thing with me like i'm assigning all of these weights to the decisions that i'm making and it's causing so much pressure and it's just do what i want in the moment <laughs> yeah it's scary why is it scary why is it scary i don't know Is it ego? You're scared of what other people will think. You're scared of failing. You're scared
1: of, what are you scared of? I'm always one that likes to go with the safe option. Me too. Yeah. So like one job is very safe. Mm -hmm. I know that the team culture is really amazing. I know that there's more time off. I know that I can negotiate and be more confident. I know who I'm going to work with. Mm -hmm. I know that I'll have better work-life boundaries. Mm -hmm. And the other one is like, I'll have to be on call. I'll have to be more available than I have been in the past year. But it's new and and it's exciting. (laughs) You just see, I'm like, oh no, why do I I want a harder job? Yeah, But I know what I want. It's more of like, basically it's feeling into your body and like letting your brain get out of the way. You know what you want and your brain is like, why do you want something harder? Why do you want a harder job? And you're like, I don't know, but I need
0: to just comes back to the thing like you don't need more information so you need more, more courage and more permission to do what feels good
1: but then I, if we think about it how did I figure out what feels good for me like yeah, if somebody's it's trial from and an error place, probably like, yeah someone's coming from a place of like i have outsourced my validation to other people my entire life like oh shit where yeah i even start yeah i don't know it's it, it's so hard to start when i get silent and i pause and i think and you can see I'm traveling in my head. Like, I'm traveling to me sitting on this exact couch, but in my old apartment and sitting there feeling so alone. That was the moment of where I knew that I had to change something because so mm. I had hit my personal rock bottom. Yeah. Like, where do you start? How do you meet yourself? You just start doing things that feel good. I went back to yoga. My body just knew mm. I was like, oh, to get through this, I need to get into my body. I need to get in touch with myself. I need to go to yoga.
0: I think it's hard though because. It's different for everyone. I tend to disassociate from my mm. body. And I'm like, how did your body know? I don't trust my body sometimes because it's in pain, you know? So it
1: goes back to that safety thing, I guess. What was it my body like, I don't know. I just was like, I want to go back to yoga.
0: I guess it's just trying things and then being open and being curious and saying, okay,
1: was that good? Yes or no? Mm. Yeah. Like for me, it was like, oh, I, I want to go back to yoga. I just started going back. Mm-hmm. For you or for anyone really, if there's anything that you're like kind of thinking about, you're like, oh, I want to try archery. And you're like, no, that's silly. Go try it. Like, yeah. why not? Or like, oh, I want to go and go do some pottery. Do it. Yeah. Because we often tell us, like, no, that's silly or that's out of the way. Like, don't I don't have time. Why don't you just give yourself a few hours to just. Do what you want. What would it look like to actually carve out time and spend with yourself? Like you would a first date. We were talking about the love example. Like when you're first falling in love with someone, you want to know everything about them. And then you want to spend a ton of time with them. And you make time. (laughs) Yeah. Suddenly you have a million more hours in the week. Oh, I have no time. I can't date anyone. And then you finally find someone that you really like. And you're like, oh, yes. Suddenly I'm free. Yeah. (laughs) Why can't you be free for yourself? And you know. First date with this person, you want it to go perfect. You're planning a picnic, you're figuring out what they want to do, you're buying Dodgers tickets, whatever that may be. Like you are making it work with this person. Yeah. Putting yourself in uncomfortable situations because you are so invested in seeing where this goes with someone else. Yeah. Can you just do that for yourself? Imagine dating yourself. I know this is weird. Maybe internal family systems, it, if that's going to make you feel better. Yeah. But can you date yourself? And If you are not making time for yourself or not prioritizing yourself, not keeping your commitments to yourself, how do you expect anyone else to keep their commitments to you? You teach others how to treat you based on how you treat yourself.
0: Exactly. If you had a friend that flaked on you every single week, you'd be like, I don't trust them. But we break the promises to ourselves all the time. If you wake up every single morning, the first thing you do is check your phone Mm -hmm. and you're like, "Okay, tomorrow I'm not going to check my phone. I'm going to get out of bed and I'm going to do something else. And then tomorrow, you first thing, check your phone. You're like, ah, again, I let myself down again. Mm I don't trust myself. I don't believe in myself. Mm -hmm. When I say that I'm going to do things, I don't follow through. Mm -hmm. So it's just showing yourself that you can trust, that you're going to do the things that you say.
1: It's not easy. It's simple. It's not easy. Yeah. And that's why it takes coming back to it time and time and time and time and again and choosing yourself. It takes building that trust muscle, having to make time for yourself, having to show yourself that you're going to show up for yourself. It's not easy a lot of us have spent a lifetime not choosing ourselves and it takes time to build that trust back up yeah and as far as like all the identities go
0: i think just developing an an awareness that there's Mm -hmm. there's more than one story at any given time there's more than one voice at any given time and not over identifying with any one story any one voice yeah. I really love that because
1: yeah. it ties back into internal family systems too, right? There's multiple voices in the room. And there is the seat, the JC, that's the single threat that you were talking about. Presiding at the family council meeting, right? Everybody's <laughs> speaking. Everybody has a voice, but you are the resident observer. Not the highest. So, so there's multiple voices in the room mm-hmm. making space to them and they can all exist at the same time. And that's with everything. Like you can have multiple identities, literally the ways that you express yourself. Beyond those identities, you can also have a part of you, like how you introduce yourself that isn't attached to any of those identities. And Mm -hmm. that's okay. When something happens in your life, you can have multiple different perspectives about this thing and how it's making you feel and all that's okay. Yeah, it's all normal. I think just developing the awareness of that is the thing. Awareness and holding it. Holding the fact that I'm one human, yet I have a family inside of me and they all have voices and they all have opinions and holding
0: your humanity. Yeah, and being gentle to it. It's so easy to just pick one and identify and just act as like the scared child and just act as the protector and just act as these parts. But you are truly whole and you don't need to do anything or be anything.
1: Yeah, I love that. You're whole. It's funny how profound it is every single time.
0: <laughs> just for context, two hours ago, three hours ago, Sasha gave me the your whole just as you are speech and I just cried in public. So, and we're getting back to the same realization right now.
1: I know, mean, I'm like, and you're whole the way you are. And it's yet just as profound.
0: Why is it so simple, but we overcomplicate it so it's much? It's simple,
1: it's not easy. I think if you have looping thought patterns repetitive stuff that you're like well why does this keep coming up mm-hmm. it's okay and it's normal and it takes practice that's why it's a practice come back to yourself every single day you have to come back to work every day <laughs> yeah you just every every day
0: you have to come back to it and the conviction that it will pass I literally Wednesday had a video of me sobbing crying and then 24 hours later me riding my bike
1: so happy how can you just yeah make space for the emotions Mm -hmm. let them pass in and out like that tv screen just keep the movie rolling yeah you don't have to pause on every single screen
0: i don't know we don't have it figured out we're just exploring it and that's why we wanted to be together because you can explore it more deeply
1: Yeah, i love it it's fun It's fun to get into these like existential conversations and to realize, oh, what actually matters is creating space for all the sides of yourself, not identifying. I think we could sit here and try to explain why do we identify with them? Where does that come from? But it's just how can you just create space for all sides of yourself? Little by little, day by day, it's going to take practice. How do you just work to create space? Yeah. Choose yourself. I always come back to that quote. It's like the most
0: peaceful person... Just create space for all parts of themselves to exist. Okay, well, that's what we're going to leave you with this week. We love you. Thanks for listening. See you next week. See you next week, everyone.